Vikings rip off a fifth straight win. A little squirrely at the end there, but honestly, another great performance from Josh Jobs. All kinds of things to talk about. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings postcast. You are Locked On Vikings postcast. Part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked on Vikings postcast here. I am Luke Braun. I do Locked on Vikings here with Ron Johnson and Sam Ekstrom of Locked on Minnesota Sports. We are missing Luke Inman, who is presumably fighting charges in Venezuela, uh, but <laughs> we'll get back to him yes, uh, whenever he can get extradited back to the United States. Um, Vikings win 27-19 in a game that felt like it was over at halftime and then it didn't feel like it was over. Uh, it's going to be one of those games where it felt a lot closer than it was. And then you look at like the win probability charts and that like didn't even notice that there was a comeback effort, but there was a comeback effort from the saints uh, fighting it all the way back to a one score game. And then just kind of teetering for just this like punt war at the end uh, in the fourth quarter. That is the final score 27, 19 uh, Ron Johnson. What is your headline? for this game josh dobbs is extremely exciting um i mean you, you see the first kind of early and like being in the stadium too like that's that's the cool thing about it one my first headline is that the vikings completely missed an opportunity to introduce josh dobbs to the world and to the fans by introducing the offense they introduced the defense oh so right so i was expecting josh dobbs to be the last out the tunnel the fans to completely erupt and, you know, and, and embrace him. But they went with the defense. I don't know if that was like a mindset thing of saying, hey, you guys. And it did work. They came out. They held the Saints to three uh, three uh, points in the first half. The defense looked absolutely great. Uh, but Josh Dobbs, I think that was my first miss by the Vikings, was oh, you should have let him come out the tunnel and get the fanfare. <laughs> but Josh Dobbs is exciting. We, we He turned minuscule potential sacks into big plays that the crowd absolutely just lit up for and so he's he's captivated the world he's captivated the hearts of vikings fans early and again and again and again uh i saw cam bynum's wife she got her visa she's in the u.s now and she was at the game i wish that interception had stood because he did give her the ball so it's kind of like a well babe you got kind of like an interception ball you got like a, really. a Byron murphy pass breakup ball yeah yeah so yeah like a home run that was actually a foul ball upon yeah the like a ground rule yeah. double yeah you know she's her first football for being in her first you know nfl game to see her husband play um so it was a, it was a movie i know that's cam bynum's thing it's oh, a yeah. movie. movie it was a movie because if you remember any given sunday and remember when jamie fox was running and he could have thrown the ball but he ran for the touchdown on his first touchdown brandon powell was actually open Kirk Cousins maybe hits Brandon Powell. Josh Dobbs, no, no, no. I'm going to take off because I'm an astronaut. So he jumped into the air. The picture is the best. The Vikings tweeted it out. Best picture I've seen this season so far. So that's kind of my early. It's just Josh Dobbs. Mm -hmm. He captivated the hearts of the fans. Exactly. Uh, this postcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Make sure you come on down to the Locked On Minnesota Sports YouTube channel. You can catch these live if you're not catching them live already. And if you are, hello, everybody. Sound off in the chat. Sam, give me your headline. Yeah, this was the Jets game from last year. 
if you remember the Jets game, Vikings I was very sick. So don't dominant. really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry to hear that. Dominance early, uh, lackluster, conservative offense in the second half. Defense had to hang on, make some stands against backup quarterback. That was Mike White. This was Jameis Winston. The Vikings experienced the weird backup quarterback stuff this week that the Falcons got from Dobbs last yeah. week. Just different energy. Jameis is an absolute, like, we think Dobbs is a high-variance quarterback. Jameis is a movie, to quote Ron Johnson and Cam Bynum. It, the ups and the downs, Everything man. so he, high. He makes two touchdown throws. No one else attempts those passes. A bullet across the field. Byron Murphy finds it, like, Murphy's like, wait, you're throwing these at me, and it's working? Um, but then he gives you two gifts too. He overthrew a million guys. He's, he's just a wild horse. He's loose. He's doing whatever he wants to do. And, uh, it actually worked for the saints for a minute, but I think he came back to earth there in the fourth quarter. Dobbs though, does steal the headline. I think for what he did in the first half, his ability to stay balanced amidst pressure, to know where his outlet is to, accelerate away from on charging pass rushers who have the angle and the momentum and he somehow skips away doesn't get tripped up that is mm -hmm. so valuable um and to make throws in the winds yeah to make throws too on the run after escaping that pressure and not always relying on the legs only sometimes relying on the legs we might have something here in this uh this Josh Dobbs character still it is only two games but that skill set is something that's going to, you know, sustain as he learns this playbook more and more and more. I don't know if he got maybe just a little overwhelmed by everything in the second half. There were a couple mix-ups or if the play calling just mm -hmm. played to the score a little bit. I think some of it was that. They did move the ball a bit. They had a field goal. They had a field goal attempt. Dobbs dove for a first down that might have been a first down and they didn't challenge it. So there, there were some decent things, but... Playing from in front can be tricky in this league, so I'm not going to pin it all on Dobbs in the second half there. Yeah, it was a lot of like hyper, hyper conservative stuff. And just as we are going live immediately after the game, that feels like what is very like fresh in our minds where the first half feels like it's a million miles away. But to me, this game was won at halftime and then the Vikings just sort of stretched it into what what they could do. Um, not to, you know, excuse, I think, hyper, hyper conservative approach to the game by Kevin O'Connell, both in, in two different settings where it was run, 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 punt, two different drives, run, 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 punt, not one Josh Dobbs pass. Uh, considering the first half he had, I think that's definitely questionable. And a sequence in the first half where there was a possibility to challenge for a spot for a first down on a Joshua Dobbs scramble uh, that looked like it had a shot at least. I don't know if it gets overturned just because the camera angle was blocked by the first down marker. Yeah. But if you could have, if, if you felt like you could win that challenge, it was, or even if you didn't feel like you could win that challenge, it was fourth in inches, but no sneak. They punted away. Um, it felt like a, a little bit of play and not to lose, but I don't want to lose sight of what the team did in the first half, which was utter domination in all three phases. And what we haven't mentioned yet, which is this was like the TJ Hawkinson game. TJ Hawkinson goes off over 100 yards, gets that touchdown at the end of the half. Um, absolute domination by a tight end. This has kind of happened to the Saints a little bit this year. So this being um, a big performance is something that they've, they've given up. But 
Hawkinson doing this gutting out a rib injury that kept him limited in practice all week. He was visibly in pain and yet still torching the saints. Uh, a, a lot to say about Hawkinson in this one. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you on that. Like Hawkinson to me, um, when you think about every hit, you could see him grimacing every time he went to the ground. Even the crowd kind of was like, ooh, like every single time because he got up slow. Teammates were helping him up. Even when they were in a huddle, which they don't show on TV, even in the huddle, he was kind of bending over in the huddle. Players were like talking to him like, you okay, can you stay in? Like, do we need to call mm -hmm. a timeout? Like, what's going on? And so clearly there was some discomfort. Uh, it was probably hard to catch his breath. Even on the touchdown, he got hit in the back, and you could see his like his diaphragm like kind of retract. And then he, you can see him score and celebrate. And then as soon as he gets to the sideline, what does he do? He slumps over. So he was mm -hmm. gritting it out. Like this is that was truly like that I was gotta a... do this for my man Dobbs, and that showed absolute toughness. Um, I'm never gonna give credit to Iowa, but Iowa does have some tough tight ends. I mean, when you look at Laporta, you look at Hawkinson and George Kittle. Um, it, it was just masterful, like to say, and, and back to Sam's point, I wanted to, I did want to point this out. Jameis Winston gave us what he's always been 30 for 30, 30 yeah. touchdowns, 30 uh -huh. interceptions. Two and crazy the throw, scores, two crazy if picks. you could see the in stadium camera of the throw, <laughs> Byron Murphy literally is like, there's no way he throw it. He, throw, he throws this over here. Like Byron Murphy's standing watching the play happen in front of him. And he's like watching, like, okay, where is he going to go? Where is he going to – wait, what? Yeah. And he's like watching it, and then he realizes, like, oh, crap, there's a receiver behind me. And he kind of turns and just does his best to try to put his hand somewhere near the receiver's arms. And it, it's just one of those things where if, if it was a normal play, Byron Murphy probably breaks up the pass. But he was so in shock as the ball was coming at him. He had no clue what was going on. He, like, in his mind, he's probably like – Oh, he's throwing this out of bounds. And he's like, wait, what? Yeah. There's a receiver back here? <laughs> and so you're right, Sam. Nobody makes that throw in the history of the world besides Jameis Winston. But that's why he, we love to watch him work out. We love his social yeah. media <laughs> because he's going to give you one of those every week if you let him play. So And, and concussion protocol for Derek Carr. Um, and the I guess maybe Jameis Winston plays next week too. So this should be a fun <laughs> saints week not us but the saints. he's like he's like the last guy in the league you want to see come out as the backup when the starter gets hurt that you haven't prepped for it's like this yeah. dude no like i, I you gotta have practiced for him <laughs> yeah he's a yolo guy like it's yeah right, you're right i think or you said it luke the last two throws of interceptions were legit yolo like, oh yeah there was no reason to throw the ball as far as he threw it and he just threw it as far as he can for no reason. It's like even the 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 one that was um I think Shahid got hurt, uh, but it was over his head. Even that one, like Shahid is like, dude, I'm kind of open if you just throw it normal. And J and and it's like Jameis Winston, one, he hasn't practiced, so his, his accuracy is probably not there. And it it he helped a little bit, but he also hurt the Vikings too. So it was it was a scary like when it got down to eight, we're all in the stadium like, oh crap, here we go again. We're going to overtime because they they're going for two for them. Alvin Kamara two yards. I mean, that's that's yeah. a given. In the cloud of dust, Alvin Kamara is one of the best. Uh, but thank goodness it didn't come down to that two-point conversion. I, I thought that Derek Carr has been rough for them. I watched him last week. I was not impressed. And more of the same this week, very conservative, nothing downfield. And the second that Jameis came in, just brought a whole new energy to their offense with his willingness yeah. to give his, yeah. his playmakers an opportunity. And, yeah, I could feel those, those tense vibes emanating from my television screen uh, at U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, but 
Vikings defense, to their credit, I thought they actually, you know, they forced the ball out of his hands. He wasn't really accurate at all. They forced a lot of wild throws. And Jameis did get bailed out, too, by some penalties. Like, they Mm -hmm. found himself in fourth down a lot. And wild things happened in that second half. But I think you made a good point, Luke, that we we shouldn't lose the forest uh, for the trees. That this was a really impressive Vikings performance for most of the football game. Mm -hmm. Um and the Vikings are battling attrition a little bit right now and trying to survive. And so far, they're doing it. They're now 5-0 mm-hmm. and without Jefferson, 2-0 and without Kirk. But we keep seeing these little injuries popping up every single week. You know, today, losing Jordan Hicks for a bit. Now, he did come back, and I think he left again. But losing Alexander Madison, TJ Hawkinson's just barely hanging on. Uh, you're trying to survive all of these injuries and you've had some really impressive backup performances coming through. Ty Chandler looked pretty explosive today. Um, and if you lose Madison for next week, then it's going to be the Chandler show. So you're you're going to have to continue to weather the storm. Get to that bye week. If you can win the next two before the bye week, get rested up. That's what this team really needs to focus on. Yeah, they're missing. Uh, Alexander Madison goes out, so they're missing RB1. They're missing RB2, QB1, QB2, QB3. Wide receiver one, wide receiver three. There's they're they're missing a lot. Tight end one is hurt. That offense is depleted, and yet the depth is stepping up. Uh, I want to mention a couple of uh, young players that had some firsts in this game in a very good way. Before I do that, let me talk to you about the sponsor of today's postcast, which is Game Time. Game Time is a great place to get tickets to anything, including a Vikings game. If you want to go see the Pastronaut live, you can go do so, even if you haven't planned ahead six months like you often have to to get into one of these games because they have last-minute deals, flash sales, um, all kinds of ways to kind of sneak in right at the buzzer and not get those ticket prices that are marked up beyond what is reasonable. And you can uh, get their zone deals, which you can pick the the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings pictures. So you can see your view, make sure you're okay with it. And the game time guarantee, which means that if you find tickets in the same section and same row for less game time, will credit you 110% of the difference. So download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NFL for 20 bucks off of your first purchase terms apply again, create an, an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N N F L for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Moving on with this locked on Vikings postcast, which you can ch- uh, check out every single game Right after the clock hits triple zero, head on over to the Locked On Minnesota Sports YouTube channel. You can come hang out with us live. A uh, bunch of people in the chat have been saying Dobbs has got to be QB1 for the rest of the year, right? After that performance, after he did it, and it was real. It was progressions. It was throwing. It was it was not just kind of scramble nonsense. Um, and it wasn't this sort of improvisational chaos thing that the Falcons game was. That was like true traditional offense and essentially calling curtains on the game at halftime yeah i mean he has to be qb1 for sure uh it sucks because jaron hall i mean if you think about it we talked about this today yeah. on the pregame show myself ben lieber uh pete versus were saying man he was five for six and ben kind of acts like pete what did you see in jaron hall and pete versus from the booth said he looked good he was like man he looked good he was he was decisive it felt like kevin o'connell and him were on the same page but is this a kevin o'connell thing like is kevin o'connell just really that good of a quarterback's coach that he has Kirk Cousins dialed in, having the best game, you know, season of his career. Then you all of a sudden now Josh or uh, uh, Jared Hall comes in and he's five for six till he gets in concussion. 
and now Josh Jobs is just Jamie Foxx in this thing. He's out here having fun. He looks comfortable. I mean, if you watch every single scramble, he never panics. Like, he always looks balanced. He always looks in control. He always looks like, hey, if I'm going to throw it downfield, I'm going to throw it downfield. But, hey, if you give me space, I'm going to run the ball. Like, it just – it never feels like chaos. I know there's some quarterbacks that scramble, and it's absolutely chaotic. Mm-hmm. When he like scrambles – <laughs> <laughs> and when he scrambles, it's it's like the team knows, like, okay, mm-hmm. block, block, block. Okay, I'm going to be open, though, because the TJ Hawkinson throw, the Jordan Addison throw, I mean, some of the throws that were even dropped, you're like, if they catch this ball, this dude throws for 300-plus easily today. And so that's what's so – like, the and Addison's touchdown. If he just strong hands the ball like Chris Carter would have done and, like, let the ball hit the ground in his hands and it doesn't move, it's a touchdown. And so, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if he was thinking about maybe I should tuck it. Well, I don't have time to tuck it. And then he comes down and he comes out. It, it's just amazing at how many plays, if you go back and say, if they just make this catch or this guy just does this, Josh Dobbs has even a better day. So it's it's amazing. And I think Tom Pelissero tweeted it. It's only been 12 days. And this dude's been a Viking for 12 days. And people are already calling for him to be the quarterback in 2024. I saw that pop up in the chat. So this is crazy. Yeah, they've already got stuff specifically for Dobbs, the RPOs, and then the RPO that should have clinched the game at the end worked to perfection, and he tripped on the turf. But RPR. So that one, remember he he faked it to Ty Chandler and then followed him? That's an RPR, run, pass, run. So he didn't want to run it with him. He didn't see the throw, and he's like, I'm going to just follow it. And it was almost like just a lead block, and then he took on the nickel. So Kevin O'Connell is man. He's like a mad scientist right now. Yeah, I and I like yeah. Dobbs' command at the line of scrimmage too. Yeah, he made some checks, made some audibles. Oh, yeah. He told Brandon Powell at one point, "Hey, Brandon, motion, motion." <laughs> uh, so like he knows what other people's responsibilities are. Uh, I, I think he's other than the one wacky play where he ran into Chandler on the handoff. I didn't feel yeah. like there were any signs of him not having been here all year. I mean, I thought he was just really comfortable in this offense, whatever iteration they've given him. I'm sure it's not the full menu yet. Maybe he'll get there, but looked super comfortable in the scripted stuff, in the unscripted stuff, off-platform throws, an exciting brand of quarterback to watch. And I still don't want to be prisoner of the moment and bury Kirk Cousins, who was playing great, but it is delightful watching a quarterback use his legs the way he did in the first half. That was really fun before it's you jump so to the next fun. one though sam i'll say something to that though the the josh dobbs uh mesh that looked wrong that's the hardest mesh to try to do because he's reversing out to make it feel like toss and then he's coming back with a counter and so that's just like a guy oh. that's been here for 12 days and you're like mm-hmm. I'm, and then again like how often has he even worked with ty chandler you know there's there's so many factors that and if you even if you watch i think it was hawkinson was supposed to be blocking on the counter even Hawkinson looked out of place. Like that whole counter just looked like something didn't go right. Like the timing didn't go right. Maybe the Saints blew it up. Something wasn't right because everybody and, – and it could have been the blitz because I know that was the motion and then number one kind of blitz too. So it, it might have been just, hey, this is not the play to run against this defense and they just got caught in a bad situation because it looked horrible. Yeah, and that brings us to a lot of the young guys that have sort of stepped up, not just um, Joshua, Joshua Dobbs, not a young guy, um, but, you know, new guys, I guess I'll say, 
that have stepped up, including Makai Blackman gets his first inter- or, or yeah first interception of his young career. Ty Chandler gets in for his first touchdown of his career. Could have had another one were it not for a, a Brian O'Neill hold. Although I don't think that that scores without the hold, so it's kind of one of those. I don't think that um, was a hold though. Too that, we, we, that doesn't it doesn't it count though when you like wrap your arm around him basically just fall over like you you tackle him no. That's what they're saying, yeah. So what he should have done when when the guy barreled through, he should have put his hands up and just fall, like get yeah, pancaked. just just, just let him back. pancake and then get his legs yeah, tam- tangled up. It's that that arm hook that gets you. Yeah, and Brian, I don't know why he had that hand there because it did nothing. Like just fall <laughs> yeah. back and get beat up. Like just yeah, <laughs> just take it. Um, but a couple of firsts for some young players. Big moment for Brandon Powell in a big third down. Um, Jalen Naylor gets a, a good catch, although a relatively quiet debut for him coming off mm-hmm. of IR, just a lot of guys stepping up. But I think for me, the guy I just can't stop looking at and talking about is Josh Metellus. Um, yeah. just, he's just like a really good player. I don't know. It's, there's no caveats anymore. He's just playing really well, tackling really well all over the field, really versatile role. He's like the tight end of the defense. Yeah. How good does that process look by the front office too to get that extension done when they did? I mean, you've got this guy locked up now for the next three years. That is so valuable for this defense, whether it's coordinated by Brian Flores or not. Might not be the way that it's going right now. He might have a job somewhere else. But Metellus is the heart of this defense. Like, that is the pulse. It's the straw that stirs the drink. He's every cliche. He works so hard. He blows up pass plays. He blows up run plays. He drops in coverage. He fills in for Jordan Hicks when Jordan Hicks is out. He's a positionless modern football player. So fun to watch. And it you totally forget about Lewis scene. Like, look what they've done to, with Josh Metellus. That's a huge feather in the cap of this coaching staff. Yeah, I feel bad Absolutely. for Lewis Scene because I don't yeah. I don't know how Lewis Scene even gets back on the field at this point, to be honest. There's I don't think there's anything he can do. Um, to get on the field. Like Josh Metellus looks absolutely dominant. Cam Bynum's playing well. Harrison Smith, of course, there's no way he takes Harrison Smith out. Um, but what Josh Metellus gives you is comfort into the next two years of saying, if Harrison Smith does retire, we do have Josh Metellus. Not the same guy at all, but it gives you a little bit of comfort. Uh, and then maybe they go draft another safety in the second round or something, third round, and, and we're like, who is this guy? But Brian Flores has already been scouting him. Uh, whether Brian Flores stays or not, uh, the scouting department is looking at it as well. But yeah, Josh Metellus, even on the blitz, like his ability to defeat one-on-one blocks on his blitz packages, even if he doesn't get home, he's making the quarterback move out of his spot. It's just so unique to see a guy play linebacker safety, rush the middle in the A-gap. Uh, yeah, Brian Flores has done a great job of getting him up to speed. And if you think about where the defense was last year, 31st, 32nd, and we were crying about, can you just stop anybody? Now they're top 15 coming into this game as far as yards allowed. This is real. I mean, this is what we asked for. Just just be a top 15 defense, top 20 defense, and this offense should be able to get you going. And this offense with Josh Dobbs is just like, look, we're going to do what we can. And so this might be the best three-game stretch they're going to see for Josh Dobbs. When you look at the Bears, uh, you yeah, look at the Broncos, Raiders, Broncos, Raiders, Bears, like not good, not good and getting better. The Raiders are getting better, but the Broncos and the Bears, I mean, come on, like the Broncos are going to get absolutely drugged through the mud against the Bills. And then they get and then the Vikings get to go travel and play them. So best case scenario like this is this is yeah. a great time for Brian Floor or uh, well, Brian Flores for sure. But Kevin O'Connell to be able to get more time with Josh Dobbs in the next three weeks before they have to, of course, go play the Bengals. 
I actually have a defensive stat for you that I'll give you right after I talk to you about the other sponsor for today's episode, which is FanDuel. And if you are new to FanDuel, you can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's promos like that that make FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. So you can go to any money line bet. You could have gone and bet on the Dallas Cowboys, who are 17 point favorites, taking their money line, put five bucks on that and get 150 back, assuming that they actually do win that game. You get 30 to one odds on a, on a heavy favorite functionally with that promo. Too good to pass up. So, Go to fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up there to claim that fanduel is the best sports book in the nation. They've got spreads, player props, over-unders, all kinds of crazy stuff. We have our crazy parlay things on the Minnesota football party too. All kinds of fun to be had over at fanduel.com, official partner of the NFL. So here is a uh, a defensive stat for you. The Saints had 13 possessions. Some of them were sort of fake. There was a Hail Mary. There was the some nonsense at the end. And um, the first half. Yeah, at the end of the first yeah. half. Uh, yeah. But of those 13 possessions, and this includes some of those, seven of them did not last more than three plays uh, from uh, three offensive plays. There were a lot of three and outs. There was the Jameis Winston three plays and in an interception at the end. Uh, that was the, the Byron Murphy interception. That is the defense picking up the slack in my opinion for the offense being hyper conservative. Um, and I think that's why that, that hyper conservative. So I think it's going to fade a little bit in our memory and we're just going to remember this one as, yeah, we pretty much just kind of outplayed and beat the saints. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like the defense was getting run over um, in the second half. I would have to try to isolate the yards per play in the second half and see how efficient the saints were. But it, the Saints had to work for every first down. Every they single, were, yeah. They were, yeah. I mean, they had to convert fourth downs, which usually means the defense is doing its job. They're keeping the Saints off schedule. The Saints needed the aid of penalties to convert first downs. Jameis, after the first drive where he went three for three, was 0 for his next six. So, yeah, uh, yeah like, again, weird things happened in the second half. Jameis gave you some gifts. He was inaccurate. And then he comes up with, some of these throws that are Hall of Fame caliber every, you know, 10 throws and he'll do something game changing. That's what happened today. Yeah. Vikings game changing for yeah. better or worse. Right. Um, so I want to get a little bit into the, the future here is JC in the chat says Dobbs to JJ. Can't wait. Justin Jefferson may have been close. He was questionable headed into the game uh, and then got downgraded to out, I think, on like Saturday. Um, still with that hamstring injury, still in his IR practice window, and they've got a plan for him. But it felt like if they really wanted to rush it, they could have put him in this game. They would they would never rush it. Um, and they've been very insistent about that. But Justin Jefferson's return is imminent. The Vikings are five and zero without Justin Jefferson, and now he rejoins. Um, a great credit to Brandon Powell and the depth receivers uh, for for picking up the slack with JJ out. But whatever we've tapped into here is just going to get like a hit of nitrous now that Justin Jefferson is, <laughs> is coming back. And with that uh, upcoming schedule that Ron talked about where you're going to uh, Denver and then the bears and then going to uh, Vegas, you're going to get this like prime time uh, exposure of whatever this new look Vikings thing is now six and four firmly in playoff position. What's the limit here? 
Well, I, I don't know if there's a limit. Like, I, I, honestly, when you think at think about what this team could be with JJ, when you think about um, where they go, honestly, I, I said earlier on the pregame show, though, I, if I'm Justin Jefferson, I'm not coming back till I'm 110% ready to go. Um, the reason for it is what you said, the schedule. Like, I don't think there's a reason to rush him back at this point. Um, I, I wouldn't try to come back until it's time to see his boy Jamar Chase against the Bengals. I, I wouldn't. I just don't know how you can, because if he comes back against any other team and gets hurt, what, you know, what, was it worth it? So at 5-0, and oh, I think you just keep going with where you're at until you really, like, until you know, like, he can go full speed, cut, break, turn, and there's no twinge in that hamstring. But there, I don't know if there is... Like they could be not. I was talking to Rob Brzezinski uh, before the game about this because one, we were we were joking about contracts that he has to sign and and what's going <laughs> to have to be extended. Um, and he was like, "Man, I'm just trying to enjoy the moment." He was like, "I don't even want to worry about some of these contracts right now." Um, but then he said, "Like, man, this stretch." And I was like, "Yeah, you could be nine and four heading into playing the, the the Bengals game, which still doesn't even have a time yet. So that might become a prime time game uh, due to the Vikings nine and four schedule, and who knows what the the Bengals schedule is at that point." Yeah, I mean, you're playing Sunday night in Denver, probably going to be in the 40s temperature-wise. I don't know if that's a great environment to bring back a hamstring injury in. And the way that O'Connell talked this week, you can you can usually tell by his tone, it didn't seem like a next-week thing. It sounded more cautious than that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they wait till the Bears game at home or after the bye against Vegas to, to have him make his return. Seems like Osborne is going to come back. He was a full participant last Friday after the concussion. That's a really good sign. Um, and I think Brandon Powell has conducted himself so well that, again, that's a reason you don't need to rush back Justin Jefferson. So I'm okay if it takes another week. I think you can beat the Denver Broncos without him. Um, and if he comes back, that's a bonus. Absolutely. So now we are headed to prime time, uh, Sunday night football, right? Headed to Denver. That's what's next on the schedule. And after that game, you can find me, Ron and Sam and Luke Inman, assuming that he has regained his freedom from the municipalities of the Southern hemisphere. Uh, that is going to do it for this episode of the locked on Vikings postcast. You can check Ron out on locked on Minnesota sports. You can check Sam out on locked on Minnesota sports. And on these postcasts, you can find me on locked on Vikings. Thank y'all so much for hanging out. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Come through live after the game and we'll always be here to pick up the pieces. See you guys next time.